December Good morning, honorable members. Morning, Chair. Morning, Chairperson. I hope you've uh, had uh, a uh, good start of the week. Uh, let us uh, proceed and get this uh, uh, meeting of ours on the go. Manyamza, any apologies? Thank you, Chair. The minister is still abroad. Uh, yeah. DM Squatcher has a bereavement in the family and DM Kappa as well. I've got apologies from MP Chwete. She's not feeling well. MP Mbabama has an outstanding commitment for today. Yeah. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. Mamka Kaza. Any apologies on your side? Not, nothing, nothing from myself. Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, please also note that uh, although the DG Ntate Ramasodi is on the platform for with us, he will uh, just follow the proceedings. He's not well and uh, he's uh, also uh, suffering his, as his voice is very low. So please keep him in our prayers. Uh, DG, we wish you well. Uh, but uh, I did receive an apology from him uh, earlier uh, telephonically. Honorable members, uh, allow me this morning to welcome you all to our portfolio committee meeting on agriculture, land reform, and rural development. We have uh, woken up uh, this week having lost an honorable member of parliament and also a former deputy minister, the honorable Ibrahim, Ismail Ibrahim. Allow me therefore to take this opportunity to pay tribute to him uh, as a, a fallen soldier uh, and son of the soil. He was a bright burning candle of our revolution who had a flickered and who has flickered and fainted, but in light will forever glow and on in our hearts. He has been described often and as gentle and courageous, quite yet brave and wise, yet humble. Comrade Ibrahim, Ismail Ibrahim. Recording in progress. Represented the crucial best of what our movement stands for and the personification 
of the character South Africa needs as a nation in these difficult times. His life was a living embodiment of the values that shaped the ANC over its 107 years history. Those of us who grew up in the ranks of the struggle are familiar with the theory of the new man. But in Comrade Ibi, we could all witness its living manifestation. He truly was a light unto others. His example is much needed today to build a new society that is more caring and whose heart bends at the suffering and poverty that engulfs us all. His passion to serve our country was ignited at a young age, born of his triumph over personal adversity. He joined the struggle at a tender age of 14 years as a young and inexperienced youth, radiating passion, enthusiasm, and a deep-seated desire to serve our people and our nation. Alexandra Pope, in his 1771 essay on criticism wrote, I quote, fools rush in where angels fear to tread, close quote. But Comrade Ibi was no fool. He was the antithesis of foolishness, ignorance, and arrogance. Even at a young age, he was not just a follower. He knew what needed to be done, and he could articulate the policy rationale for whatever task he undertook. He was fearless to the core, and this quality of his was tested throughout his life. He took on tasks and missions, knowing the perils and the consequences of the brutal torture, interrogation, and punishment that would be inflicted on him by the apartheid regime if he was ever caught. Yet it did not deter or detract him in the least. He started out doing the most menial chores, spreading his free, spending his free time selling copies of the weekly New Age at Devon Bus Ranks, after school and at rallies and meeting places. The young comrade Ebi was no ordinary newspaper vendor. He was disseminating valuable information about the liberation struggle and developing awareness and consciousness amongst his community and the masses. What an example to young people who have a plethora of social media tools at their disposal, yet many lack the awareness and consciousness to respond to the realities that surround them. He was still a young man when he participated in the defiance campaign in 1952 and the Congress of the People in 1956 that led to the launch of the Freedom Charter at Cliptown. Again, he participated in disguise, knowing full well the perils of being exposed and caught. 
We must take a leaf from his shining life and the energy he put into building structures locally and abroad to advance the struggle. He undertook without organization and clear strategy and tactics, our vision of shaking off our shackles were but elusive dreams. It is ironic that sometimes when the lights go out, our vision sharpens. Comrade Ebi joined Mkondo OSIS with MK's Natal High Command and commanded an MK unit that carried out many acts of sabotage, including taking out most of Deben's electricity, sending a powerful message to the apartheid state that resistance to apartheid was gathering momentum. A timely lesson as the lights go out. Comrade Ibrahim was accused, number one, in the Peter Marisberg sabotage trial which was also known as the Little Rivonia trial, in which he was sentenced to 15 years on Robben Island. True to his shining leadership, caliber, he turned adversity into university, conducting political education classes for fellow prisoners, and along with the likes of President Nelson Mandela, Ahmed Kaltrada, who registered for university degrees. He eventually completed two degrees on the island and our young people should draw inspiration from him as his impediments could deter him from his commitment to lifelong learning. After completion of his jail term, he saved the second sentence after being abducted from Swaziland or Eswatini today and tortured at the John Foster Square. Months of torture and isolation couldn't break his spirit and Comrade Ibrahim would rather die than betray a single comrade leading to his torturers to believe that he was not human. Perhaps one of the least known accolades was the task given to him by President Mandela and our stalwarts of our revolution, Walter Sisulu, to convene the Patriot Front made up of 93 political, religious, and community organizations to develop a consensus on negotiations and the path forward towards a new democratic state. Comrade Ibrahim was a formidable leader and served on the ANC's National Executive Committee, yeah. the National Working Committee. He was also a member of parliament and the chair of the Foreign Affairs Portfolio Committee. And he eventually became the Deputy Minister of International Relations and Cooperation. He devoted himself pre and post democracy to advancing the agenda of international solidarity and was a dyer in the wool of internationalists. In him, the struggle for Palestine has lost a powerful voice 
but it is stronger for his intervention and efforts to build unity and to develop common positions on key issues. His work around the world on conflict resolution was seminal and a lasting tribute to his extraordinary abilities and visionary character. He will be remembered for his work in peace efforts in Kosovo, Colombia, Bolivia, Nepal, the Democratic Republic of Congo, South Sudan, Zimbabwe, the Central African Republic, Western Sahara, Palestine, and Kashmir. Perhaps, honorable members, the greatest tribute we can pay towards honorable Ibrahim Ibrahim is to heed his words to the court on his second sentencing of 20 years on Robben Island, and I quote, my life has been one of struggle for peace and natural justice against the greatest evil of this century, the evil of racism. If I were to choose my life all over again, I would follow the same path. I could never have remained indifferent to the poverty and suffering of our people, close quote. How can we remain indifferent to poverty that engulfs us today? How can we remain oblivious to the suffering of our people? To do so is to deny Honorable Ibi's lifelong To do so is to deny the light of freedom and hope that he and countless others devoted their lives to. Honorable Ibi was a mentor to many of activists. Through his wisdom and insight, he lit the passion for understanding the conditions of our people, the nature of struggle, the motive forces for change and what must be done. He did so not as an armchair academic, but out of the burning pain in his heart for the suffering that the most vulnerable in society have to endure. If it is true, as President Mandela said, that there is no better measure of the soul of a society than how it treats its most vulnerable citizens, then Honorable Ibrahim Ismail Ibrahim represents the finest in us, a heart burning with indignation at the suffering of our people, the finest intellect grappling for solutions to the challenges we encounter, a powerful voice sparing no chagrin for the lazy, indifferent and corrupt, but most of all, a soul lit with hope that there is enough good left in us to emulate our path on the journey to a better life for all. Barely a day after the eighth anniversary of the passing of President Mandel, we are offended again by the loss and the tears we shed are for the millions of our people who have lost a champion who truly cared for them and placed his own life at risk so many times to advance their struggle. 
he will be sorely missed. I want to light a candle for the gentle brave to honor his memory and to keep the light of hope burning in us. I light a candle for the courageous brave to eclipse the shadow of indifference and shine light on the poverty that still engulfs us. I light a candle for the revolutionary brave whose life was forged in the crucible of struggle and reminded us that freedom is its own reward. I light a candle for the gentle brave so we may never turn a blind eye to the hunger in the eyes of our children and the tears of our hardships streaking down the cheeks of our suffering. Mothers, I light a candle for the wise brave so that the wisdom of our elders may continue to nourish and guide us to a future filled with hope and a new dawn. These candles I light for my hero Ibrahim, Ismail Ibrahim, son of the African soil, and with each rising sign, we shall remember you, celebrate you, and be inspired again. Honorable members, let us also take this opportunity to remember the fallen soldiers who have fallen due to the COVID pandemic. We take this moment to a moment of silence so that uh, we pay tribute to all the fallen heroes and heroines of our land. I thank you, honorable members. Let me also take uh, this opportunity to wish those that are in hospital still suffering uh, with uh, the COVID pandemic. In particular, I want uh, to uh, uh, put a special prayer and wish for a speedy recovery to uh, Don Matera and also uh, His Royal Highness Nkosi Mangosutu Butelezi Ushenge Sogalisa who's also tested positive for the second time. We keep them in our prayers and wish them well. I thank you, honorable members, for enabling me to pay tribute to one of our own. And we shall now proceed with the program and agenda of uh, the day. Uh, allow me uh, to invite honorable members the uh, executive, we have received their apologies. Let me uh, welcome the DG, Ndate Ramasodi. As I did say earlier, he will not uh, be presenting his uh, voice. Uh, expected. Maupiti, uh, please mute uh, your, your microphone. Um, please, please mute your microphone. Thank you. Uh, 
Thank you, uh, honorable members. We will now uh, hand over to the officials of uh, the department as we have a number of uh, presentations from various uh, CPAs. We will uh, begin with uh, Kwaju that uh, been in the Eastern Cape in Western Timberland. Uh, DG and officials of the department, you are now welcome to take the platform. I see the hand of Honorable Stain. Mamu Stain. Morning, uh, Chairperson and colleagues. And firstly, uh, Chair, let me also wish my condolences to the ANC, yourself, and the family of uh, the Honorable Member, Chair. Chairperson, I would like to propose that we do not handle the issue of what you today. I know it's very long outstanding, Chair, but I think it is very unfortunate that we only received the document late last night. Um, Chair, and I've went through it. Uh, I, I don't see a lot of work that was done between our previous discussion on budget. And I would propose, Chairperson, like we want to do with um, um District 6, that we rather get a briefing and then invite the members to our next meeting because we cannot have this ongoing this and that and this and that all the time. And it's also unfortunate that um, Deputy Minister Squatcher has um, attended an apology and I uh, apology uh, and also my condolences to him, Chair, that we uh, rather not deal with it today. That's a proposal. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Stain, uh, who is proposing, you may lower your hand, Honorable Stain, who is proposing that uh, we stand over today's presentation on Kwaju. Please lower your hand, Honorable Stain. Any other input from, from Honorable Members? If uh, no other input, honorable members, today is our last uh, meeting of year 2021. Oh, I see the hand of honorable Kabe. You may proceed. Thanks, uh, thanks uh, Chair, and good morning to the honorable Chair, I have also realized that this uh, presentation came last night. And I thought we've lost you, Honorable Kabe. Can you repeat that? Chair, I was saying uh, a pity that the executive is not here, like Honorable State is indicating. I would want to. Uh, Mary, this with uh, the quagmire that we having that this is our last meeting that probably we listen to this report and we don't engage on it. So that next time when they come, when we have time, we know what was said and everything instead of us deferring it and it comes and we start all over again. Because my take is that the people of Guachu are awaiting this department, are awaiting this government to intervene. So if it is possible, Chair, 
I would say, let them present, let's hear what they are saying, then we don't entertain it, and then uh, defeat, like he say, she is suggesting, because it is a progress report, it doesn't come for the first time here. But like she is indicating, the executive is not here, particularly the deputy minister who's dealing with this matter. Yeah, yeah. I think if we listen to this presentation, next time we will have an idea and we should be able to know what is it that we want to elicit out of this chair. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Honorable uh, Kape, uh, for uh, the input. Uh, I see also Honorable uh, Honorable Priet has also uh, sent a message on the chat group, uh, which reads chair. I, I I agree with Honorable Stain. Let's rather postpone the presentation on Kwaju. Uh, the hand of uh, Tapa is up, uh, Honorable Tapa. Uh, thank you, Chair. I thank you, Chair. I have uh, the, I share the opinion of uh, Honorable Tapa that the presentation, the presentations, will take us some steps forward rather than postpone even the presentations themselves. And in this case, it will mean that by the time we Come. In fact, what you, I would also try to add is that after the presentations, instead of engaging, rather we could identify what is missing so that the, the presentation or the engagement next time would be fruitful. I thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Tapa. You may lower your hand. Honorable members, uh, any further input? Uh, if not, Honorable Member, I was already saying uh, earlier that uh, uh, we have uh, received uh, these uh, presentations uh, late, uh, as uh, alluded by all Honorable Members. Uh, but uh, again, this is our last meeting of 2021 uh, in terms of our uh, sitting as the Portfolio Committee of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development. One thing that we must always guard against honorable members is earning salary for not doing any work. Our uh, duty and uh, mandate is to ensure that we are able to uh, do the work that we have been uh, mandated to do. And uh, I would uh, uh, request all of us to exercise patience, honorable members, in the sense that even though the information has been brought to our attention late, let us rather take the submissions by the officials and if we have any further questions of clarity that we would want them to uh, bring further, we can also make a request and therefore uh, postpone this uh, after uh, they have presented for a first session when we open in the new year. So I would, uh, having listened to your contributions, 
request uh, that we exercise our patience, particularly when the entire executive is not here. Uh, it would uh, uh, not have the executive uh, uh, input that we require in addressing these issues. So let us uh, uh, enable uh, what has been sent to us to be presented. If we feel, and uh, I can already hear from the input from Honorable Stain that there are some things that are missing, let us identify what are those things that are missing. So we have a fully prepared meeting for when we uh, rise again in the new year. Uh, I therefore uh, would like, uh, with your permission, honorable members, to invite uh, the DG and the department, officials of the department, to proceed with the presentation on Kwaku, so that even those of us who uh, don't know much of what is happening in Kwaku can fully understand the situation on the ground. And we can also utilize the time of uh, our uh, constituency period and holidays, particularly those of us that live in the Eastern Cape and closer to the area. We can visit with the full knowledge of what are the issues on the ground and be able to prepare for ourselves when we rise again and parliament is in session, we can be uh, uh, able to engage and participate uh, fully informed. So I therefore invite uh, the DG and the officials of the department to proceed with the presentation. And I see Honorable Stain has also conceded and says she agrees with the chairperson. So let's move ahead, Honorable Member, just to take on the presentations. It is information to us that we can utilize to uh, go uh, and further engage with the communities to get uh, more clarity on the issues. DG, over to you and the officials. Whomever the DG has uh, seconded to lead us, please go ahead with the presentation. Thank you, Honorable Shepherson, and uh, 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 that was it. Uh, 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 greetings to the members of the committee. My name is Bonginkosi Zulu. I okay. am, uh, yeah, I'm currently uh, the acting DDG, uh, um, land redistribution and tenure reform, um, on behalf of DDG Ndove, we still uh, of, of SIC. Um, I, will, um, I have the team from the Eastern Cape, uh, Mr. Pichi, who is the chief director uh, responsible for the Eastern Cape province. Uh, we will run this presentation on Kwachu with him. And uh, if the chairperson allows me, I will then switch off the, 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 the camera. Uh, uh, we have a network problem here in Gauteng, uh, uh, where we are, uh, there is no electricity in our area, so I might uh, lose the network. Is bad. I will just switch it off, and then we flag the presentation. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you,
Honorable Chairperson and the Honorable Members, I will just run through the presentation and my colleague, uh, uh, Mr. PG, will come in and add wherever I, uh, there are issues that I might have missed. I think the, the, the purpose is just to appraise the committee on the issues that uh, we're still de dealing with in Guaju uh, that relates to the, 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 the matters of Guaju and the, the issue of resolving the disputes and the conflicts that are involving the land claims that are there. Also, there are other persons who were given leases by previous governments. There is an issue of the, the CPA registration. Uh, and also, there is also in between the issue of the traditional leadership, Amachachu, that happened to be part of the, the, the Guaju farms. The farms, I, I'm not going to repeat uh, the, the, the history of the farms as the committee might have uh, been briefed before, that we have 91 farms, uh, properties, of which three of those properties, they are under the custodianship of the Department of Public Works. And these farms were acquired by SADT in 1977 and about 1979 from white owners for the consolidation of the Transkai homeland. So these farms at the time, they were farmed commercially by the by Dwight commercial farmers prior acquisition. And later they were then leased to some persons uh, during the Transkai government. Next. The, then what has happened, I think is, is just history, which I think the, the committee is aware of that around 2014, the residents, some residents of the Guaju community approached the department requesting the department to dispose the land to the community and also to provide them with support so that they can farm these farms commercially. And, and accordingly, it, 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 it looks like they were also advised to register a, provision, a, provi a CPA which of course they then submitted an application to register a provisional CPA in 2014 to the department. However, in 2015, the former department uh, um, and the, the leadership of the Guaju community, which is now referred to as Guaju CPA, agreed after that process uh, to undertake a property valuation uh, verification exercise so that there is an understanding in terms of what properties are, are being referred to when we talk about gradual properties, what are those properties, what are the existing farms, and also determine what is happening in, in, in those properties. And then that audit, that land audit was undertaken uh, in collaboration with the, the Eastern Cape Department of Public Works as well as our unit, uh, the Surveyor General, because they had to determine the boundaries of these properties. Next. Then after that, the land, uh, the, that land audit was completed in 2015 and report was shared amongst the, those who were affected, including the Committee of Guachu. Uh, however, in 2018, also the department received a formal PAIA request uh, through uh, the 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 through the, 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 legal, the legal resource center, uh, which accordingly the report was then 
uh, issued to the committee as requested. Then what transpired in that land audit report was that it confirmed that there are 91 properties and the ownership is split into 88 by the department and our minister and three is public works. And also report confirmed that although the farms were previously used as commercial farms uh, as for commercial purposes, however, there was no, they were no longer being used as commercial as they were supposed to be. There was a level of coping and grazing of, of, of proper, uh, in the property. Uh, there's livestock. There's also now the properties are being used for residential purposes. There are people who are now residing on the property and also some other properties, although there are no residents, but there is grazing that is happening in some of those properties. There are currently that are grazing there. That is in a high level, chairperson and the members was the audit, the, the, the land audit, but there is a comprehensive report uh, on the land audit, which was shared by, with the Kwaju uh, committee, the, the, the referred to themselves as the Kwaju CPA. In 2016, then the committee also demanded the, 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 to have this, their CPA registered again. However, it was then agreed that it would be necessary to conduct a land rights inquiry uh, <clears throat> to determine the various land rights that exist in these Guachu farms. And that culminated in the occupation of the, the offices in the Cape Town uh, by the Guachu committee, as well as some residents who then went to Cape Town in our minister's office during the budget vote in 2016. Next. Then what happened from there, the former minister then established a task team uh, during the uh, April 2016, which was comprising of officials from his office and in the, under the leadership of uh, uh, the chief director, Dumisani Lupungele, who was responsible for security services in the department uh, to interact with the gradual committee leadership. And then that task team was established in 2016. Then after a march to parliament by the Kwachu Consent Group to coordinate all these activities towards resolving. So that was mainly the task of the, that MTTT, that task team that was established by the minister to engage with uh, the Kwachu uh, uh, committee uh, and the, 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 the group that was working with the Kwachu committee to try and resolve the issues that are there and try and come up with a, a solution. And that was the, the task team was to also to introduce Kwaju community to programs of the department, like your one household, one hectare, and also the delegation to visit some of the pilot projects, Canton on Sea, and facilitate the land rights inquiry, as I've mentioned, and also to determine whether one or two CPAs should be established. In other ways, to look at the possibility because uh, of, of a, an entity or land holding entity that might be used in future after the renters inquiry has been completed for the Guaju farms, because we are talking about a vast area of about 88 farms in total, 91, including the three from the three properties from uh, under public works. Next. Then after that, in 2017, uh, as agreed with the the, the, the task team, uh, unfortunately, could not continue as, as expected. 
However, the department proceeded with the to pursue the issue of conducting the land rights inquiry. However, unfortunately, that was not finalized because there were there was non-cooperation from some of the members of the Guachu uh, community and the the, the 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 other groups aligned to the Guachu committee. Then after that, the the department has always been receiving. Uh, during that period as well, receiving um, and inquiries uh, on the process uh, uh, by the Democratic Alliance. And in 2019, there was also a march to the, our offices in East London, uh, um, which were, was organized. And then after the department led by our province in the, in the, in the Eastern Cape, met with the DA in, 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 in the Eastern Cape, and uh, the DA leadership in the Eastern Cape and the Guachu leadership on the 19th of August 2019 to try and deal with the issues that were raised during that particular march. Next. Then the land rights inquiry process after that uh, march in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in, in 2017 by the group uh, with the Democratic Alliance, then it was resuscitated after that. It was agreed that the process must then uh, be resuscitated on the 17th of August 2020, and it was then completed, the process of land rights inquiry, on the 9th of October 2020. And then after, during the land rights inquiry, during consultation lead, consultations leading to the land rights inquiry, all parties agreed, the affected parties agreed that they were going to appoint a representative to form part of the team that was going to go to do farm by farm visits led by our department in the Eastern Cape, uh, the directorate responsible for land tenure to visit each one of the farms. And those persons were identified, including the Guaju committee also appointed the representatives which form part of the team and the process of, 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 of verification farm by farm was then undertaken. Unfortunately, during the process, the, the department noticed while they were busy with the, the land rights inquiry with all the representatives from the affected parties, they noticed that the two representatives from, from Guaju committee, I think there were four, then they were no longer joining the team and they were withdrawn on consultation with them it they were discovered they 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 advised the department that the chairperson of the committee has ordered them to withdraw from the process uh, but the reasons for withdrawal they were not communicated to, to the department and then the land rights inquiry was completed the report was consolidated and then after on the between the 12th and the 16th of April, 2020, there was then a discussion around the plan to be developed so that they can then be communicate the land rights inquiry uh, uh, um, findings to all the affected parties. Then the plan was developed and supported by all the parties, including the Guaju committee, then the land rights inquiry, uh, uh, also in, in a high level confirmed the rights, the various land rights holders on this land. In other words, there are quite a number of uh, persons or 
or groupings with different land rights depending on their the 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 their arrival on the farm next the what transpired in the land rights inquiry uh, uh, which con- was confirmed by land rights inquiry which has always been the issue that has been raised in several uh, platforms it also confirmed that there are farm, former farm workers who are now farm dwellers which were left by the previous lessees and then their relatives what has happened is that those farm workers who are now farm dwellers they the land rights inquiry discovered that they also invited their relatives to become occupants on the farm which is now has been um uh, defined as land invasion and also there are persons who have been who came to the farms through the traditional council uh, amacha shutisi because what has happened is that what we also discovered is that the the residence of the amashashu uh, uh, chief resides on the on the property is on the properties is one is in one of the properties uh, that is what we discovered also that there are the traditional authorities there are persons who are on the farms because of the permission given by the the traditional council and there are also uh, um, former farm workers who are now farm dwellers there are also former lessees who were given leases by the former transkai government who are also they've come they've uh, organized themselves into an association uh, of 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 persons who were leasing these properties and had leases from the former transkai government after the land was acquired uh, and transferred to the state there was also a land claim that was lodged by amashashu traditional council which was then when verified or the communication or referred to the land claims commission the land commission confirmed that yes there was a land claim however the land claim according to the commission the land claims commission the land claim was dismissed but when you go to the communities that are very much aligned to amashachu traditional council they still believe that their claim is legitimate the department will they will still need to to engage with the department on that particular claim uh, the land claims commission can provide more uh, details on the on the land claim they've done so in our discussions when we're discussing this particular matter with the deputy minister they then in terms of the after the land rights inquiry there was a discussion in in april 2021 uh, with all the affected parties and a plan was developed to now workshop all the the, the different um, um, uh, uh, communities residing in kwachu after the land rights inquiry was completed so the land right the, the 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 farms all in 88 farms were grouped into 10 clusters uh, uh, depending on the location of each one of the farms those uh, 10 clusters were then going to be consulted uh, on various dates and the plan was then presented to all the stakeholders 
and then it was supported and agreed upon. However, when the first meeting with cluster one, which was one of the farms in the, in, in, in the, the Glencoe farm, then the, the, the meeting was then disrupted. It did not proceed up to a point where the SAPS was called and that meeting had to be adjourned or canceled uh, because the situation was not um, uh, conducive to continue with the meeting. Then the issue, the main issue in that meeting was that the Guaju committee was questioning the presence of Amashashu traditional council representative. However, in terms of the department, the reason why all affected parties, all parties that were involved and affected during the land rights inquiry, the agreement was that we will have to consult with all of them on the findings or outcomes of the land rights inquiry. So therefore that process of the uh, workshopping the communities in the 10 clusters uh, of these farms then was put on hold. Then the department then after came back to look at how do we then move forward. Uh, Then there was an engagement with the deputy minister which we then, the department agreed to say, we will have to start the process afresh and start engaging all the affected parties to try and resolve the current impasse. That is where we are now. In actual fact, if we were going to go according to our plan to consult with the the, the, the communities, our last consultation was planned for the 15th uh, which is cluster 10, was planned for to, to, to be completed by the 15th of, of April 2021, beginning of this particular financial year. Because our plan was that once we have done that uh, consultation and the report is adopted and agreed upon by all affected communities, then the process of, 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 of sending a submission to the ministry was then going to commence. So what we are recommending to the committee is that they note the challenges that we have identified on this process uh, of trying to deal with the Guaju matters and the progress that we have made to date. And also to note that Guaju committee is not yet registered as the CPA uh, pending the finalization of the land rights inquiry to determine whether we will need a CPA or the communities will decide to come up with a different uh, land holding entity and also to note the future engagements that we are busy um, um, uh, engaging with the office of the deputy minister to try and resolve the current impasse. Chairperson, I will end there, not unless my colleague, Mr. Pichi, is, um, is, wants to add, but that is the end of the presentation that we have prepared in the high level for the Guaju matter. Thank you very much, Chairperson and the committee members. Thank you, uh, Markem. Uh, any further input? Good, good, good morning, uh, Chairperson and the committee. 
Uh, oh, Mr. Vicky has got a problem. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the directors. I'm working under him as the tenure director. My name is Peli Wemdugatandwa. He's got a problem. He cannot hear uh, the proceedings of the meeting, but I've been communicating with him uh, on the phone. Um, he says, um, I must just take notes for him. At listening from the presentation from Makeba, there are no additions, Chaperson, from the province. We, we agree with the report as presented. Thank you, Chaperson. Zur, Makeb, Uike Yonke. Honorable members, there's the presentation from the department on the issues centered around the Kwaku issue. Any questions of clarity or any gaps that you have noted, you would like them to fill in for our next comprehensive uh, engagement. Honorable Kabe. Thanks, Chair. Chair, I am appraising myself with the history of Kwachu and thanks for the presentation. And uh, where I'm seated, I do not know what are the gaps except the observations that I I have seen that would need the intervention of this committee. One is that, um, yes, according to the history that I don't know of, uh, it means there can be just one CPA in Kwachu, and that will need political intervention. Listening to the presentation, which this committee possesses, if a meeting starts to be disrupted and people questions the credentials of the meeting as to who attends, who knows. It becomes a bit of political. The department has also been engaging with the DA in that matter, who took the process forward, probably of assisting the people of God. Hence, I'm saying, for me, it has got political connotations that would need this portfolio to come down and make sure that this process that is being starting of being workshopped goes smoothly so that we are able to identify who will be the CPAs and everything. But I think where I'm sitting, we would have to plan. Also, if it's not two, three days, go down, also listen to the people and uh, make them understand why this process has to start of identity, of making this inquiry and ensuring that at the end of the day, the rightful people, no matter it's, it's not one, it's more than one people or a communities that need to establish CPAs then benefit out of what you are um, served, Chair. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Kappe. Honorable Stay. Thank you, Chairperson, and also thank you to the presenters. Chairperson, I agree, um, and that is why we brought this to the attention a while ago of the portfolio that it needs uh, intervention. Um, Chair, as far as I know, there's a breakdown between the community of Guacha and the um, officials who is dealing with this. The the trust um, that they supposed to be is not there anymore, and that is also why it is long ongoing and it's 
just seems like it's not going to be resolved. Chair, um, I think what we need from the department before we actually do go plan a visit or our next steps is that we need to find out from the department why the CPA was never registered, what the main reason was for that. Because as far as my understanding is that the CPA did qualify at that time. Um, because that was, I think, the, the beginning of the what I would almost want to say in brackets went wrong with the whole process. As the CPA tried to establish a, a CPA, it never happened. Then, Chairperson, um, I also understand that land audits were made uh, in the beginning of 2000. The first land audit was never made available, and um, the implementation of that never happened. And then, Chairperson, I think we need to understand from the restitution uh, from the Commission what the reason was for the land claim to be dismissed. Because as far as my understanding, it was before it, uh, because the, it happened before the cut-off date of 1913. So I think there's a few things, that documents that we need to get from the department itself before we go down. But Chair, I do agree. Uh, um, it is, it is actually sad to see that such fertile agricultural land is just lying there fallow because there is a, this disconnect or breakdown. Um, uh, people need to farm chair on, on that land and, and inv land invasions is happening. People's lives are being threatened. There was a few cases of where people, um, you know, were, lives were threatened. So I think it needs a, urgent interventions from us, Chair. And, and, and my concern is, if I look at the, the, the report that we are receiving now, not much has happened since 2019 again. And I know COVID is always in, in, but I think it's this thing of the breakdown of trust between the communities and the departments. And also the community said they want the minister's intervention um, because the same breakdown of trust is also now with the Deputy Minister Chair, so it will need some some um, support from us. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honourable uh, Stein. And uh, Dr. Matthias, uh, Good morning, Honourable Chair. Good morning, Dr. How are you today? Good morning, for the opportunity. Look, I, I agree with Honorable Stein that uh, there's really not worth of anything to comment on this because there's no work done at all by the committee or, or not by the committee, by the department. And this is bordered on... on, on on laziness by government officials. The, the, uh, the inquiry collapsed when a, meet, a meeting was disrupted. Uh, uh, and that's all what the, the, the officials from the department have come to report. There's nothing really enriching from the report that can, can, can be taken home. Whereas, the, 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 report, the report does not illustrate the long history of, of Kwachu and when this matter was first brought to Parliament. It was brought in 2016 by the Economic Freedom Fighters. At the time, uh, Tate Nguyen was the minister. 
and they raised it as if it was it was first brought to parliament by the DA in 2018. Uh, that's that's how shallow and that's how uh, bad this report is. But then, be as it is, may agree with honourable. Uh, uh, that perhaps the committee itself will have to go there. We have been casting the, the minister or the deputy minister Kwacha to deal with this matter. It's clear that uh, he's incapable of bringing this matter to, to finality. Perhaps it's because of in, invested uh, political interest in the whole thing. We are aware of uh, ongoing ethnic and tribal polarization there between various ethics, uh, ethnics among the occupants of the land there. And we're aware of the relationship between uh, the minister in the presidency uh, uh, his relationship with the Amachachu Tribal Council, because he himself is, um, is Amachachu himself. Uh, his uncle claimed to be the, uh, the leader there. And it could be very well that uh, there is a deadlock and there's no progress in resolving the disputes there precisely because... Uh, uh, Minister Mondlingungubele's uncles has vested interest in the whole thing. If he did not know Chepeser, the traditional leader there who claimed to be leading the amateur who is the uncle to Mondlingungubele. And we're bringing this that it must be known here. And if you did not know about it, we're telling you. And the DA must know that uh, we're in touch with the people because what drives us is not making some drives us in pursuing this matter. It's not making some political uh, statements or chief political uh, comments about this. It's about ensuring that that land is transferred to people who have been occupying that land. And these people are organized under the CPA, the Kwaju CPA. So I agree with Honorable Tlape uh, that at some point the committee must go and spend a week there and get to know the dynamics uh, in Kwachu and commit once and for all that 2022 will not come to end without having resolved those matters there. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you, uh, Matthias. But, uh, let must also Honorable members caution in casting aspersions on number of people in terms of ethnicity. I would also want to correct that uh, the area of Kwaju is made up of Abateb. And you would all know that I'm a chief of Abateb of Mves. Now, that area is in Western Tembuland under the Matanzimas. And Amachachu are the fourth tribe of the Tembus in the Eastern Cape. You have Amachachu, Amaromo, Amasanga, and Amandungwan that make the Tembus of the Western Cape, of the Eastern Cape. 
the Velasquez are tables of uh, KZN. But if we are to make uh, such uh, uh, cast aspersions to uh, uh, honorable members because of their relation, we've also must take note that uh, your very own leadership, uh, Honorable Matthias, sent uh, to His Majesty King Zuelban Zibuyelekaya Talinjeb a gift in the manner of a Mercedes Benz, who is actually senior and the head of Abatem. So would that be interpreted as you trying to get authority over the Amachach? We don't want to dwell on such issues. We just want to deal with the real issues before the committee and be able to address the issues on the ground. So I think we should just restrict ourselves and deal with the matters at hand. Uh, Honorable Kappa. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Chair. You must tell Matthias that all of us as the temples are your subjects, whether you are Chachu or you are Domo, uh, subject of them, Velasquez. Eh? No, that's hard stuff for him. Thank you, Chair. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chair, let me also thank this uh, part, part of the presentation. I don't think this is a futile exercise. But I also want to add issues that maybe I would like the department to highlight or uplift when they come back to this presentation. One is that uh, to highlight the sustainability of these farms. I say this because sometimes you remember there's a, there are weaknesses in our situations where you can give a hectare to 10 families and say they can farm. Uh, but now, if this one is made to be understood, the, even the potential, which I think there's a lot. And another thing is, I also like the department to highlight to us how much farming is on farms. Because I know it for a fact that in our society, there's a tendency of occupying the land for the sake of occupying, not for agricultural production, but it would be good to know that how much farming is actually on the farm, which is also based on this potential I was talking about. And that issue what Honorable uh, Clark was talking about, the political uh, inf inf intervention is very, very important. But I would like to separate it for, from political interference or involvement. But the department can advise us also that in this case, the involvement and the advice or guidance by the DA is, was a useful and a sustainable thing. So that if it needs be, they need to, if, and tell us if, uh, if EFF goes there, and if PAC goes there and goes with those community, that will be a very good idea and sustainable and give us a direction. So I must add clarity there. I would also like the department to highlight somehow the implications of the involvement of that traditional council of the Chattus. And lastly, 
I would like the department now to highlight the areas where they feel after with the hindsight that these are the errors and mistakes that were, con- that were committed by the department and they will be corrected and how they will be corrected because there it is possible that there are things that the department did not do correctly or did not understand properly. But if they do that, it will assist that by the time we come, we come again, they'll be able to say, we made a mistake there. This is how we corrected it. And that's how we are going to correct it. I thank you, Shay. Thank you, uh, Honorable Kapa. Uh, Honorable Mamumba Bama. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. voorzitter. you. Thank 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 you. Chairperson, I, I think that I I can't say better than my colleagues have said it. I think the points that were were stated um, were were um, the important points. Chairperson, from my side, maybe just an additional comment um, rather than a question is, us as a committee have been hammering on, for lack of a better word, service delivery, to see actual change on the ground, to see our communities having land, to see our communities being able to farm, to see our communities empowered. And I think this is an example of where, due to many factors, we aren't necessarily seeing that. Um, I think the points that were made in terms of the CPA, in terms of the lessees, um, in terms of those details, I think it is important that we need to get that. And I think that we need to speak to the community of Guachu. Um, if that means we need to go there, as some of the men- members have alluded, as we have mentioned um, last week we did in terms of, of District 6, then we need to do that. Um, you earlier um, on during the, the, uh, the meeting, Chairperson, you said that we need to... Um, you know, work for our money and we need to be a committee that can be reliant. And I think that's what we need to do. And I think that's that what ne- that's what needs to be done. And in terms of a presentation, Chairperson, I think that needs to be escalated. What has been done? What are the steps taken? Um, and then have an interaction session with it. Because as it has come clear, um, I think we are going to have to be the um, middleware the middleman in terms of this, because it seems to have a stalemate between the department and the community. Um, the chairperson, that is just my input. Thank you. Thank you, Akbar Repriet. Honorable members, let me take this opportunity to welcome the deputy uh, minister, the honorable Squatcher, who's been able to join us on the platform, TM. We are most welcomed to our Portfolio Committee on Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development session. We also have uh, received uh, news of uh, a bereavement in your family. We send our heartfelt condolences to you and the entire family of your lost and may in time 
find uh, healing and uh, protection under uh, the almighty uh, God. So uh, welcome, dear. Uh, honorable uh, members, we were on honorable bread. Ndabezita, Kosenkur. Ndabezita. The honorable Tebekulu. Honorable Marshall. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, uh, good morning to you and good morning to all my colleagues on the platform. <laughs> Honorable Chair, let me also send my condolences to all some of our members who lost their beloved ones, as we have already uh, alluded to. My input to what was presented to us today is that uh, the department must do all they can to resolve all outstanding matters so that in the next uh, presentation, when we come back in 2022, we could uh, be able to uh, go for a visit as a committee, as it was already uh, requested by other members that uh, that should happen so that we can be able to see ourselves um, to do oversight on this matter, but also chairperson to also say that um, the department, they must understand the problem that we have as, as a country so that they do their things in the correct uh, ways so that our people can get the land. Where there's a dispute of political uh, matters, we are here as the committee. They are not, officials are not politicians. We are there to assist them to solve matters that are related to uh, issues of conflict in terms of uh, uh, political uh, arenas or areas. So I think... Uh, we have had Chairperson, as you have requested us this morning, Hoshiaga. Uh, as you said, uh, we need to work hard and make sure that uh, we do uh, all what we can. We are going to make sure that these people, at the end of the day, before the end of our term, they're in their land. We are not going to leave this one. This one we are not. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Memasho. Uh, Honorable Ndadema Jefferson, I'm told he's struggling with uh, connectivity. He's been in and yeah, out. I've been, I've been seeing him going in and out, but uh, hopefully oh. he'll be back uh, onto the platform. Um, Honorable Montuedi. Honorable Montuedi. Honorable members, is there any other honorable member on the platform who have not been able to recognize who wishes to pose a question?
If not honorable members, let me also give uh, uh, comments and questions or clarity on uh, the matter of uh, Kwaju. I find it uh, difficult uh, to see what it is, honorable members, that the department has done between February and November 2021. We say this, uh, honorable members, because on the 9th of February, 2021, the deputy minister, the honorable Squatcher, reported that land rights inquiry has been completed on all 93 properties in Kwaju. The PSSC stakeholders meeting was disrupted by the Kwaju farm dwellers who rejected the presence of the Amachachu Traditional Council. And in intervention meeting was also uh, led by the deputy minister and a plan was developed uh, and the plan was developed which uh, the committee has not been able to see that plan. Workshop uh, on the CPA members was to ensure that there is compliance with legislation. I actually asked a question in and around this issue if, is there a registered CPA in Kwaku? And I think uh, that question confirmed and affirmed that there was no registered CPA in Kwaku. We would have liked, uh, honorable members, that the department is able to account for what it did between February and December 2021, so that it is clear that the department was making interventions to resolve the issues in and around the Kwaju issue. The committee, honorable members, expected to hear the following from the department. The results of the land rights inquiry with detailed analysis of the rights, including overlapping rights, as well as competing claims to the land and processes of adjudication and confirmation of rights to that, it, so that it is a clear and secure tenure rights, meaning that Interim Protection of Informal Land Rights Act can provide guidance on these matters. Details about the land audit report, which detail the farms and extent of the farms, the land use, occupiers, lessees, or former farm workers, and other communities and vacant farms. Stakeholder analysis and processes of engagement with stakeholders. Also, uh, future actions with clear timelines so that the committee can oversee actions of the department. Honorable members, one issue of interest is the 2000 audit commissioned 
by the Department of Land Affairs in the Eastern Cape province. The report was compiled by Kingwell and what, how different is the audit being referred to from that report and what were the reasons for not implementing the recommendations of that report. And I'll also support honorable members, the call from a number of uh, honorable members to actually go on the ground and do an oversight uh, in Guadu so that we can uh, grapple with the issues and gain an understanding as to what has caused these delays. But in doing so, as uh, uh, Honorable Matiase has pointed out the intrinsic issues in and around Amachatu traditional council. I want to bring it to your attention, honorable members, that uh, uh, every traditional council is subject uh, of uh, the king's uh, uh, crawl. And therefore, it would be uh, uh, proper for us uh, in trying to understand uh, the issues in and around Guadu to engage also with the office of His Majesty uh, King Talimvula Matanzima, who's the actual uh, administrator of Western Tembuland. And therefore we can be able to understand the claims in and around Amachatu Traditional Council. I would uh, uh, request, therefore, of the Secretariat to look into uh, the plans for an oversight and for us to be able to visit Kwaju and uh, find what the issues are on the ground. As Honorable Marshall says, we would like to ensure that uh, uh, the land of uh, the community of Kwaju has been rightfully handed back during uh, our term in office. Let us, uh, honorable members, then hand over back to the department so that uh, we can uh, move on to other presentations. You may come in then uh, just to close and have closing remarks uh, after Obauzu on the matter. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson, and also thank you very much to the members of the committee. I think uh, for us, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson, uh, we was to note all the comments from the, the members uh, to beef up our presentation. And we also noted the information that will be required from the department uh, for submission to the committee. And, and uh, in that note, I will then request that the, the Honorable Sheverson allow us to, to, to do as such and submit uh, through the Secretariat of the committee all the information and additional information that uh, the documents and additional information that the committee members have requested. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you, uh, Mark. 
In doing so, then we would like uh, written responses to be sent back to the Secretariat no later than 12 o'clock on the 17th, that being next week, Friday, so that uh, uh, honorable members can be able to uh, wrap their heads around the issues of what you and prepare for a period if we are able to do oversight in the new uh, session when we rise again in the new year. Honorable uh, Squatcher, any further input on your side? Before we move on to the other presentations. Honorable Squatcher, are you still on the platform? If not, honorable members. We're now going to move on to our next presentation, which is already uh, uploaded on the issue of uh, Baroka Bangwan, Bakoni Ba Mamaro, CPA and Inquiry. Let us uh, hand over honorable members to officials of the department to take us through this uh, particular CPA. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Let me uh, introduce my colleague who is going to take the committee through the presentation. Is uh, Mr. Melton Chililo, who is the Acting Chief Director in our Lim- Limpompo province. Uh, I always struggle to, to pronounce the word, but uh, he is here, he will take the committee through. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson and members of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, indeed, as my acting DDG had said, I am Mr. Chiriro, um, Acting Chief Director in the Provincial Shared Service Center in the province of Limpopo. We have uh, three matters that we will be presenting today. Um, I am not alone, Honorable Chairperson. I come in also with the uh, Chief Director in our restitution office. So I will present on the first matter of Mr. Colin Matewe. And then the second and the third matters um, within our office of restitution. And with your permission, then um, Chief Director, Mr. Mapoto, will come in and do the second and, and the third. Um, can I request that we go to the next slide where we will be talking to the Colin, uh, Colin Matebe matter? Um, Honorable Chairperson, um, we received as the department a complaint or a matter through the Public Protector's Office where Mr. Matebe requested assistance um, for adjustment of title that was supposed to be done through 
Land Title Adjustment Act. It is Act 111 of 1993. We have a summary here in just this one slide, but in our presentations that we sent, we also sent a three-pager that is more detailed. Our slide here is just but a summary. I would talk to it and also delve into a little more detail that is um, in our Word document just to beef this short version of our slide. Now, what happened was when we received the concern that it's from Mr. Matebes through the Public uh, Protector's Office, there were indeed several engagements um, where which we held with Mr. Matebe. And that's why we are saying here to refer to Annexure A1, but I will also talk to it. Uh, what happened was that upon investigation of uh, Mr. Matebe's application, um, as well as the consultations which we had also with our national office, it was found out that Mr. Matebe's matter could not be resolved through the Land Title Adjustment Act, Act 111 of 1993. Amongst other reasons, it was that the act is not applicable on state land or communal land. That was reason number one, which was also communicated to Mr. Matebe. And secondly, while the clients alleged to have bought the land on which they required title adjustment, our investigations also found out that there is no title deed that was issued in respect of the people who are said to have purchased the land. Then Mr. Matebe, of course, after all these explanations that we gave to him, um, could not um, uh, uh, benefit what happened was our further investigations found that the land in question upon which Mr. Matebe and other people wanted title adjustment thereon it appeared in our investigations that there was a claim that was lodged um, in the provincial office of Mpumalanga. So what we did was to engage our Mpumalanga uh, counterparts in the department um, because we wanted to check if Mr. Matewe and other people who are with him might have been part of the claim. Our further investigations around the claim were that um, the claim was said to have been settled or finalized, and people who did a claim on the very same land on which Mr. Matewe wanted titles, they got financial compensations. And Upon further investigations, we wanted to check if by any chance, looking at the attendance registers of the meetings that we held with Mr. Matebe and others, if by any chance comparing their attendance list and the lists of the beneficiaries who already benefited through the restitution claim through compensation, if Mr. Matebe and others fall within that list. Unfortunately, we realized that they, they did not benefit because 
they could not be part of that application. So it was like as the province, we were in a kind of a difficult situation. Our wish could have been that they had lodged a restitution claim to have benefited through compensation and they didn't and that didn't happen. And um, But in it, the long and short part of it is that um, we, we communicated to the fact that um, it is not going to be possible. If I were to share shortly with the chairperson and members of the committee, when you talk of uh, the Land Title Adjustment Act, Act 111 of 1993, it is that um, the predecessors or the forebearers of the people who would have come to you to request for title adjustment would have bought land and they are no more. And the current and living generation would come to say, department, assist us then to adjust the title. In other words, the ownership of that land from our predecessors to ourselves. So where we are saying, uh, Honorable Chairperson, we faced a predicament was that this act could not be applicable um, uh, in this case because the land is state land. In other words, it is communal land. Should you give title to people on communal land, they will finally kind of own that land on title and communal land would mean that there are government institutions like maybe your police stations, clinics, schools. And that's where we were saying on a communal land, this act, it's, it's, it's not applicable. And if we were to say what further advice could have been given to them, it was to say, can they consult the restitution office to see if they can be assisted further? But our gathering of information was that uh, Mr. Matewe and the people they were with were no longer keen to consult our restitution office. Possibly that is why they wrote to, to the portfolio committee for further assistance. I, I think I would um, end this one here, the honorable chairperson, um, so that uh, my colleague, Mr. Mapoto, would take the, uh, the second and the third matter. Then we will take maybe further inputs that would come from the members of the committee concerning the Mateva matter. I, I thank you, Chairperson. If through your uh, permission, my colleague, Mr. Mapoto, can then come in and present the other sec uh, second and the third matter. Thank you, Chairperson. Dr. Mapoto, you may proceed. Uh, thank you. Thank you very, very much, uh, uh, Chairperson and the members of the portfolio committee and colleagues who are also in attendance and uh, acting DDG Bonkinkosi. Uh, uh, this, uh, uh, this Mararo CPA, it's not a CPA as yet, uh, honorable members, uh, because we only create CPAs once we have transferred land. Uh, it's, a, it's a matter that is still being under investigation. We're still processing it. Uh, it is in the district of Sikukune in Limpopo. We have got five districts in Limpopo. Uh, one of the districts is Sikukune, which is the largest in terms of uh, 
the width and the breadth of the land. The office of the a commission in Limpopo received a claim by Matonyani Pit Mararu on the farm De Hude Verwachting 332 KT and Spiscop 333 KT. The land claim was lodged before the cutoff date of the 31st of December 1998. The land claim was then investigated and the research report was approved on the 28th of July 2017. The investigation revealed that the Mararu tribe lost rights on portion one of the farm de Hude Verwachting 332KT and the remaining extent of the farm Spiscop 333KT. The Office of the Regional Land Claims Commissioner consulted the claimants, informing them of the outcome of the research and also providing them with a copy of the research report. The land claim by Mararu tribe has since been published in the Government Gazette number 29004, notice number 956 of 2006. The second slide indicates the, uh, the, the number of counterclaims on the, the farm de Hude Verwachtin 332KT, a honorable chairperson. Uh, it indicates that uh, on the same farm, uh, number one there, uh, KRP 4147, there was an individual claim by Tsetlama Leke. It was finalized. Number two, uh, it was uh, uh, lodged by Makola Mekdelina. A research report has been done and it's been approved, but, but not yet uh, processed. Number three, there's another individual claim by Makola Matsefe LC. It's finalized. When, it, when we say it's finalized, uh, they would have been paid by financial compensation chair because those are individual claimants. Number four, Mateban in Tebele, it's also finalized. Uh, number uh, uh, five, it's Makola Lukobani Tabina, it's finalized also. Then there is number six, the chairperson, it's Makola Matlahaume Rose. Research report has been approved, meaning we still have to process it. Number seven is my Mela Manache Efenia, research report approved. Number eight is Tokwani Mpusheng Sina, research report approved. Number nine is Makola Samuel Fumani, research report approved. Next. Number 10, uh, chairperson and honorable members, it's Rahe Mamurake Sophie, research report approved. Number 11 is Tebele M. Limangakani, it's finalized. Number uh, 12, it's Nkadimeng Aletarize Sicha. It's finalized. Number 13 is Mukusa Jacobus Makula on behalf of Makula Tribe. Research report approved. Uh, number 14 is Murechele Moriti Elizabeth. Research report approved. Number 15 is Makulani Bonamashimo Pit. Research report approved. Number 16 is Tokwani Sepeke Pege. Research report approved. Number 17 is Babina Putibama Kola Mashiro. Land claim has been referred to court. A memo for referral has already been approved by the commissioner, the regional land claims commissioner. 18 is Mama Mamaru community. That's the one that uh, we're presenting to the honorable uh, committee. Research report approved. Now I'm taking you further on the farm. We're still on the farm, the Hude Verwacht in 332 KT. 
10 land claims were found not to have lost rights on the farm, on the farm, the Hudeverwartim Tritri KT. Now, uh, th- those we did not uh, mention, but uh, there were claims that we found that they didn't lose rights on the particular farm. Now I'm taking the committee members to the second farm, which the Mamaru uh, community lost a claim, which is Farm Spiscop 33TKT. There are other land claimants, uh, chairperson and honorable members. Uh, one of the community that has also lodged a claim on Spiscop is at number one, as it appears there, it's Bale Shaba community. Research report is has been approved. The claimants lost rights on portions one, two, and three. The second community, it's Batlakwana Bagarantu. Uh, rule three research report is approved. The claim still to be investigated in terms of rule five. Three, Mambao Amsutu community, research report approved. The claimants lost rights on portions one, two, and three. Choma MK is an individual person. Research report approved. The claimants lost rights on portions one, two, and three. Masha Patrick, research report approved. The claimants lost rights on portions one, two, and three. Peter MK, research report approved. The claimants lost rights on portion 28. Mamaru community, research report approved. The claimants lost rights on the remaining extent of the farm speed scope 33KT. Next. Now, Chair and Honorable Members, I'm trying to summarize the issues so that I get into the query that was lodged with your good selves. Uh, on on number, number, the first issue is delay in restoration of the portion one of the farm, the Hude Verfachtim 332KT. The Land Claims Commission response is as follows. The following activities still need to be conducted on Mamaru Land Claim. And this was communicated to Mr. Paholo through a teleconference. The land claim, conduct property valuation to determine the monetary value of the claim, Negotiate the settlement of the claim with claimants and the current landowners. Request ministerial approval when all parties are in agreement in the manner of settlement. Next. Uh, fellow, I mean, honorable members, portion one of the farm, the Hood Fervartin Territory Equity, is not feasible for restoration since it is a village inhabited by the Pasha community and Hoshi Pasha, who also holds a proclamation for the same property. The Mamaru community was informed of the existence of the proclamation held by Hoshi Pasha through letters forwarded to their representative, namely Stroke Otsio Incorporation and Human Rights Commission on the 9th of October, 2020, and also through several engagements with the community. Next. The issue of delay in restoration of the remaining extent of the farm Spiscop 33KT, the response of the Land Claims Commission of Limpopo is as follows. The following activities still need to be conducted on Mamaro land claim, and this was communicated to Mr. Popolo through a teleconference and a letter on the 22nd of December 2020. 
Uh, honorable members, these are activities that are routine. We normally do this in order to finalize a claim. So you will see that it's the same with the first farm and the second farm. This is our business process. Activities are as follows. Finalize the claimant's verification. Finalize enlisting all the household people who lost rights on the claim property. Conduct options workshop. That is to explain the options available in terms of the Restitution Act to settle the land claim. Conduct property valuation to determine the monetary value of the claim. Negotiate the settlement of the claim with claimants and the current landowners. Request ministerial approval when all parties are in agreement in the manner of settlement. Next. The research report, uh, honorable members, indicates that claimants have lost rights only on the remaining extent of the farm Spiscop 33KT. Not in the whole farm of Spiscop, but in the remaining extent. The claimants, we think, believe that they have lost rights on portions where there are mining activities. The remaining extent of the farm Spiscop 33 is not restorable since it was consolidated with portions 1930 of the farm Spiscop 33KT and portions 8 and 27 of the farm Kennedy's Vale 361KT and created a township called Steerport Extension 11. Next. The other third issue is the claimants are requesting Section 29.4 funding to refer the matter to court. Our response is as follows. The Mamaru tribe land claims has been validated on portion one of the farm, the Hude Verwachtin 332KT and the remaining extent of the farm, Stiskop 333KT. The farm, the Hude Verwachtin 33KT and Spiscop 33KT have many claimants. For example, uh, Mampuru tribe, Batlokanabarantu and Bamina Pitopamakula Amashel, for example. Next. The office is processing section 294 applications for all the claimants of the farm, the Hudevar Vaktin 332KT and Spiscop 33KT, including Mamaru tribe on portion one of the farm, the Hudevar Vaktin 33KT, and the remaining extent of the farm, Spiscop 333KT. Honorable members, that is the report on. Mamaru, as we have received the uh, inquiry and uh, as to the progress of the land claim. Uh, with your permission, I may then go to the second one, uh, Chairperson. You may proceed in Tatemapoto. Uh, the second one is report on Barroca Bankwan land claim. Uh, it's going to provide you with a status. It's also it's a Sikukune matter. It's based on the, uh, it's located in the pro, in the district of Limpopo, I mean, in the province of Limpopo in the district of Sikukune. The background. The Office of the Regional Land Claims Commissioner Limpopo received a land claim lodged by the late Chief Nkwani Obri Pasha on behalf of Baroka Bangwana community. The land claims were lodged on 23 farms, namely, Winterfell 417KS, Dal Josephat 418KS, Rostock 410KS, Umkwanistad 41KS, Jacht Last 418KS, Indy 474KS, Skinot 462KS, Swart Copies 413KS, Moichelek 412KS, GNG Government Front 503KS, Eerste Recht 502KS, Medellin 538KS, 
Huda Ruop 315KS, Switzerland 473KS, Blau Boom Magisklo 428KS, Hack Joren Hook 409KS, Zike Ziku Hat 421KS, Rode Kranz 410KS, Metal Band 420KS, Diamond 422KS, Jobscope 41KSS, State Kral 537KS, Moe Plus 51KS. Those are the claims launched by Baroka Bangwan. Members must, uh, honorable committee members must know that there are several overlapping claims on some of the farms claimed by Baroka Bangwan. In fact, a lot of them. Due to the overlapping land claims, the office then investigated these firms in three different research reports. The first research report was on the farm Way Plus 51KS and State Scroll 537KS. Research report was approved on 29 March 2016. The outcome of the research is as follows. Barakobangwana had Aboriginal rights on the two farms. Dao tribe accumulated tenancy rights in terms of customary law. Masha community acquired beneficial occupational rights and are the proclamation holders as we speak. The second research report was approved on the 10th of March 2017. The outcome of the research in respect of those farms, the claim was accepted in favor of Barocco Banquana on the six farms, that is Swart Copies 413KS, Winterfeld 417KS, Jachtlands 418KS, Umkwanistad 41KS, Switzerland 473KS, and Indy 474KS. Chibeng uh, Community, Atok RDP Zonal, the Kingdom of Sukune, Mpaketane, and Magadi Manin doing also have rights on the same farms. Next. The third uh, research report was approved on the 20th of March 2019. Uh, outcome of the research, Barocco Bankwana lost rise on the farms Dal, Josaphat, 41KS, Medellin, 53KS, Kunort, 46KS, GNG, Government Front, 450KS, Erste Recht, 502KS, Hura Ruop, 315KS, Hack Doring Hook, 409KS, Zico Hat 421KS, Rode Kranz 410KS, Metal Band 420KS, Diamond 422KS, Jobscope 411KS, Moyelek 412KS, Salisluot 718KS, and Blob Bomekislo 428KS. Now I'm going to take you through the table to show you which property is having a proclamation by a different community and which one is overlapping with another community and the status of the, the overlapping claims and so on, so that the members can understand the, the complexity of the claim. Uh, these are communal uh, claims uh, where people reside and so on. It's not the easy ones in urban areas. Moi Platz 51KS, the, the proclamation holder on that farm is Mashama Hopukli. There's a government gazette in 1968 through the, uh, the former homeland system that gave Masha the right uh, of jurisdiction of the area. There's an overlapping claim on the same property with Tao tribe. Now, the status of overlapping claims is research report approved as compliant, which means that the Tao tribe's research has been approved. And the status of Barokobankwana is that 
there's the gazette on the farm way plots and on the farm stage crowd, which is uh, the second one that I'm going to allude to. On the remaining extent, portion one, remaining extent of portion two, portion four, and five, which were published in the Gazette on the 31st of May 2019, under the, the, the Gazette that is being referred to. In respect to the second property, which is State Skral 537, the Masha community, uh, which as a king has a proclamation on that farm. The, the Tau tribe also lodged a claim on the same farm. Research report approved as compliant for the overlapping claim, which is Tau tribe. And the status is, as I've indicated on your right-hand side, that the farm has been gazetted uh, in terms of uh, uh, the gazette that is uh, indicated there, honorable uh, members. Next one. The, the third property is Zwart Kopis. Uh, there is no proclamation holder, uh, but there is an overlapping claimant community, which is called Jibane community. Uh, the research report was approved as compliant on the 10th of March, 2017, that is of Jibane community. The Gazette was published on the 7th December, 2018, under the, the, the referred Gazette. Uh, with, referred, with regard to the status on Baroko Bangwana, the Gazette on the farm swapped copies 4 and 3 KS in respect of the remaining extended portion 1 was published under Gazette number as it is referred to there. Uh, there is another, um, honorable members, there's another overlapping claimant on swapped copies other than Jibane community is Atok Zonal RDP. The research report is approved as compliant on the 31st of August 2018. So on swapped copies, we have got three counterclaims. That is, uh, Baroko Bangwana, they've claimed, Jibane community have claimed, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Atok Zonal have claimed. All of them have been uh, approved as compliant. I'm now moving to Winterfeld, 417KS. Uh, some of the area of this Winterfeld, 41KS, forms part of a conservation area uh, of this farm. Now, the Jibane community is also a counterclaimant. The research report was approved on the 10th of March, 2017. Gazette was published on the 7th of December, 2018, as referred to in the Gazette. There was also an, a second uh, overlapping claimant. It's a Peter W. It's an individual. A research report uh, approved as non-compliant. This one was, was not uh, compliant, so we dismissed the claim. But there's a claim, there's a counterclaim on Winterfell by Jibane. Uh, status of Baroka Bangwana Gazette on the farm, Winterfell 417 was published under Gazette, that number in 2018. Next one. The next one is Jaft Last 418KS. Now, this property is also claimed by the Kingdom of Skukuni. It's also claimed by Jibane community. Is also claimed by Skukuna Arti uh, Maruta Mutalezi community. Is also claimed by Atok Zonal. Now, Kingdom of Skukuna, the research report uh, has been approved as compliant on the 29th of August 2019. Chibem community research has been approved as compliant on the 10th of March 2017. Skukuna Arti Maruta Mutalezi community, Baperi tribe research report 
approved as non-compliant. So this one is not uh, compliant. On the 7th of September, 2005, ATOC Zonal, the research approved as compliant on the 31st of August, 2018. In respect of the status of Barogo Bangwana, Gazette on the remaining extent, portion one and two of Farm Jack Class 4 and 8 was published under Gazette that is referred to uh, in that uh, in that column on the right hand side. Next. With regard to Umkwana Stad 41KS, uh, the overlapping claimants are Beta W and Kingdom of Skukune. As I've alluded in the previous uh, uh, slide, Beta W is an individual claim was approved, uh, was not approved. It was uh, found to be non-compliant on the 29th of November, 2019. The Kingdom of Kuskukune uh, claim was approved as compliant on the 29th of August, uh, 2019. Uh, with regard to the property Umkwana Stad with the with Baroka Bangkwana, the Gazette on the remaining extent of farm Umkwana Stad 419 was published under Gazette, that number in 2018. Next. With respect to Switzerland, uh, honorable members 473KS, the overclaim the the overlapping claimants are about Potobatau. Those are the counterclaimants. The research report approved as non-compliant on the 9th June 2005 and 20 March 2019. So the claim was dismissed as not having met the requirements of the Restitution Act. The status of Barogo Bangwana on Switzerland is Gazette on the remaining extent of the farm Switzerland 473 was published under Gazette. That is referred to in 2018. Next. In the 47KS, uh, the overlapping claimants on the same properties, Kingdom of Skukune, is in Pakistana community, the Skukuna RT Marota Motlaleti community. Now, with the Kingdom of Skukune, the research was approved as compliant. And Pakistana, the research uh, was found that they do not meet the minimum requirements of the Restitution Act, and it was found to be non compliant. Skukuna RT Marota Motlaleti community, Papiri tribe, the research found that they do not uh, comply with the minimum requirements of the Restitution Act. With regard to Indi, the property in relation to Barroca Bangwana, Gazette on the remaining extent of the farm Indi 474 was published uh, in terms of that uh, referral of the Gazette. Next one. With regard to Dal Josephat 41KS, uh, we do not have any proclamation holder, we do not have any overlapping claimants. Uh, the property still needs to be gazetted. On Medellin 538KS, there is a proclamation holder, it's Barroca Bangwani, uh, it's Tau Mangkotsana, it's Nchabeling. Uh, one of the members would know that in the past, uh, the previous homeland system would possibly give uh, proclamations to five different uh, traditional authorities as their people were residing in those areas. So in that uh, instance, we have got three proclamation on that farm. Uh, but the property has not yet still to be gazetted. We still need to finalize the process. Skinot 462KS, there is an overlapping claimant, is Kingdom of Skukune. The research was approved for Kingdom of Skukune on the 29th August 2019. Uh, we still have to gazette the Skunort on behalf of Barroca and on behalf of Kingdom of Skukune. Next one. GNG government Kron 503KS, we've got a proclamation holder, which is Konisio Pela and Barocco Bangwan. Uh, both of them have got uh, proclamation holders. There are no overlapping claimants. 
the status in terms of Barocca, we still have to gazette the property. Uh, with respect to Ears the Recht 502KS, there's a proclamation holder, is Dao Mongkotsan and Barocca Bankwani. Uh, there's an overlapping claim, is Dao Mongkotsan. Dao Mongkotsan have got the proclamation holder, they've also lodged a claim. Uh, research uh, approved as compliant for Dao Mongkotsan on the 26th March 2019. We still have to gazette that land in respect of Barocca Bankwani and also in respect of uh, Dao Mongkotsan. Next one. Ura Ruop, uh, 315KS, honorable members, the proclamation holder on that farm, which is claimed by Barroca, it's in Chabeleng, it's Daumongkotsane, it's Barroca Bankwan. It's possible that they've claimed a, a land on which they also have a proclamation. That's why you see that there are also proclamation holders. Overlapping claimants on Ura Ruop is in Chabeleng, Daumongkotsane tribe. The research of Chabeleng, Daumongkotsane was approved as compliant on the 26th March 2019. We still have to gazette the Hura Rural property in favor of Barocco Bankwana, and we still have to gazette it uh, in favor of Nchabelin Taumankotana. That process has not yet been uh, done. On the same farm of Hura Rural, we have got an overlapping claimant, which is the second one is Tadi SJ Port of Atau. Uh, as I've indicated previously, the research report indicated that they do not qualify in terms of the Restriction Act. And we have Atok Zonal. Uh, an overlapping claimant, and uh, we still have to gazette them as well uh, uh, as uh, as an overlapping uh, claimant. It's not yet gazetted on Hura Rook. Next one. Hug during work 490KS, the proclamation holder is Barocco Bankwani. Overlapping claimants are talk zonal RDP. We still have to gazette uh, the Hug during property in favor of Barocca and uh, also gazetted uh, uh, in favor of Atok Zona. Ziko Ziyakwihat 41KS, Barocco Bankwani, it's a proclamation holder on the on the communal land. The overlapping claimant was uh, Peter W. Pasha and Peter families. Uh, the research approved uh, was that it is not compliant, as I've indicated. We still have to gazette the Ziyakwihat 41KS in favor of Barocca. Uh, to take the matter forward. Another property claimed by Roca is Rodecrans 410KS. There are no overlay, overlapping claimants. There is no proclamation holder. We still have to just gazette it and process it. Next one. There's Metal Band 420KS. The proclamation holder is Barack Bankwani. Overlapping claimant is Atok Zonal. We still have to gazette that Metal Band 420KS. There's another property, Diamond 422KS. There's a, they are the proclamation holders, according to the information was given in 1960, There's an overlapping claimant, Peter W, but that claim was found not to be compliant. We still have to gazette Diamond 422KS. There's another overlapping claimant that we've registered is study SJ Portobatau. That report also indicates that they do not meet the minimum requirements of restitution. We still have to gazette uh, the properties, uh, the diamond 422KS in favor and middle band in favor of Barocco Bankwani. Next one, JobScope 41KS, the Barocco Bankwani are proclamation holders. There are no overlapping claims. We still have to gazette uh, that uh, communal area. Moye Lake for 12KS, there, there's an overlapping claimant which is a toxonal RDP. 
research report has been approved. We still have to gazette that property in favor of Atok Zonal and Barokobankwan. There's Jibeng community also. Research report approved as compliant on the 10th of March 2017. We still have to then uh, gazette the Moilek 412KS in favor of those three communities, Wumbi, Jibeng, Atok Zonal, and Barokobankwan. Next. Salis Lord 718KS. There are overlapping claimants, uh, Mampani M. Mampani, research approved on the 12th, 16th February 2009. Uh, that particular claim is gazetted for Mampani M. Mampani for that uh, property service load, but we still have to gazette the same service load in favor of Barocco Bankwani. There is another claimant uh, on service load, it's Shabangu ZS and Debelenzusa community. We have not yet undertaken research. We still have to do that uh, bit. On property below Bumekis Tlof 428KS, there's a proclamation holder is Barocco Bankwani. There is no uh, overlapping claimants. We still have to gazette the property in favor of Barocco Bankwani. Now, honorable members, I'm going to go to comments uh, quickly just to put certain issues in perspective. The Kingdom of Skukune are also claimants on the properties claimed by Barocco Bankwani. Now, the Kingdom of Skukune is the kingdom that uh, bought properties in the old days where they gathered uh, cattle and so on and they bought property. But uh, those properties were never, uh, uh, the title deed, there is a title deed, the kingdom through their communities bought farms totaling 34. They've got 34 farms, the kingdom of Skukune. But those farms are held in trust by the state under the custodianship of the Minister of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development. So those were called bought farms that were bought, but they never got to own them themselves directly. But they, they are titled, they, they are titled, but they are held in trust by the minister responsible for land. Baroka Bankwani disputes the Kingdom of Skukune's claims on farms that they have proclamations on. So these are issues that we find on the ground. But there is evidence that the, the communities that fell under the Kingdom of Skukune, they did buy land during those, uh, those days in the past. Next. The Office of the Regional Land Terms Commissioner will arrange stakeholders meeting with Baroka Bankwani and all other countering claimants on the said farms in order to discuss the best settlement model to settle or finalize their land claims. Um, I've come to the end. It's quite a long uh, presentation, honorable members, uh, but that is the state of the Barocco Banguana claims uh, 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 lodged with us. And it's quite complex, uh, but uh, we are processing it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ntatema Porto. Uh, any other further input before we hand over to honorable members? Bowser, you're done. There are no further inputs, honorable chairperson. Thank, Thank you. you, honorable members. There is uh, the presentation. Uh, on uh, the Baroka Bankwan. Any questions of clarity or comments? Honorable Clapper. Thanks, um, Honorable Chair. Yo, we learn every day. I don't know. Are we done with my heavy matter? I just wanted to check 
Having listened to what transpired on the table, where are we standing with my table now? That was refusing, and I was reading that um, report that is very detailed. By Ndate Chililo to say, department lacks legal instrument to assist people like Mr. Mateb. Where does the department stand now with Ndate Matebe? On this one, legal instrument, I understand that uh, that one that you quoted does not cover him. Because what he wanted was just an adjustment of the title did only to find it will open a can of worms on those investigations and ultimately he does not even um, it's not even covered under those and he has to now put up a new claim through the regional claim where is he now what is happening is it a standoff to say we can't help you and we don't have that capacity lacking those instruments and everything on the baroque one the reason why I'm saying we're learning every day, Chair, I think it's a whole lot of potions, but I want to confirm my understanding with uh, the department on the terms that they are using. For an example, what do, what do they mean if they say it's gazetted? Because I'm saying this, I'm asking this because... When you look at um, what they have been presenting, most portions has been gazetted. Others, on the other hand, they are still awaiting gazetted to be gazetted, even though the research report is not approved or is non-compliant. So I want to understand, because it's putting a confusion on me, or what, do, what does it mean when it's gazetted? I thought you gazet when everything else is compliant and... It's about something to be handed over or something like that is done. Now, after gazetting, because gazetting has been done on both 2018, 2019, have these claims ultimately been restored or restituted or where are they, what is happening? Two, these ones that are non-compliant because it's the search, the research report that uh, is approved as non-compliant. Do you have mechanism of assisting them? Do you ever ever had cases where the research report will be saying non-compliant? Then you have to help the claimants and it became approved. Or when it's non-compliant, you just leave it like that. Or are there any other mechanisms? Because when land reform and restitution started, claims were done. We used to know that there was capacity in the department that people will even go to an extra mile of retrieving information even in England to help the land claimants. Are you still doing that? Or when it's non-compliant, it's what under the bridge or what is happening? So those will be, oh, the last question is, if you're saying the king has got a proclamation, and I saw one area also is not the king, but this proclamation, what do you mean this proclamation on that land? That's why I say I want to understand and not assume that I understand this uh, terminology, the way it has been presented. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Tape. Honorable Stay. Thank you, Chairperson, and also thank you for the presentation. Chairperson, 
Yes, listening to uh, the presentation, uh, I want to reiterate my call that it is really high time that we get to some kind of database of the processes of land play. Um, the process is very, very difficult to understand as we uh, saw now. It is also very complicated, Chairperson, and I think it will be much easier once we have some kind of a database of all the land claims and where it currently is. Um, uh, as I said last time, all of us as members of this committee is, is constantly getting calls from frustrated communities because of the process that takes so long. And then there is nothing that we as a committee or members or the public or anyone can refer to and say the process is currently here. Or when we understand that it was found non-compliant, if, if, if it can have a little short description of why it's non-compliant, it's either this or that or the reasons for that, we can help explaining to communities because the frustration is boiling over, Chair. Um, we need to come to some kind of a point where we can put this in, in writing on a database for anyone to see. And Chair, listening to the presentation, all I'm thinking is, we are only now dealing with a cutoff date of 1998. What is going to happen when we reopen the process with the other, the second phase of the land claims order? There's, there's, there's overlapping land claims at the moment. There will be more overlapping land claims later. And then, uh, you know, people were, were, were given land and, and, and they were found to be compliant at that stage. But what will happen if new land claims are... I, I'm just getting really, really, really very, very worried here when I listen to this. We we need to start building on some kind of database document getting to um, a point at some stage. Jefferson, and then something else that I also think about, um, especially like listening to the the um, upgrading of, oh, no, what's that? Not upgrading um, when he wanted title to the land and it was found that he couldn't do it because um, it is communal land. We also really need to get to a point where we look at people living in communal land. There are people who want title to their land. Not everyone wants. I, 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 I agree with that. But if a 1991 Act could not get people that, we, we need to look at it. How are we going to assist people that do want title to the land? Uh, Chair, um, so yeah, that, I don't have a question. I'm, I'm, I'm just really thinking about this process. It's, it's um, it is very technical, and um, I think, Chair, we, we actually, I think, need a, like a week long of a training session to understand the legislation governing land, um, the processes of it, because I, I don't think we are really moving forward quickly enough. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Stein. Uh, Honorable Tate Matthias. Well, thanks uh, so much, Chairperson. Look, I have also similar questions that, like other members, uh, the, the report really doesn't give a clear way forward, does not provide recommendations about each of the cases presented here. 
And that leaves us with more questions than answers. But then the few questions that I have, perhaps that I can put forward. One, of the these farms that have been claimed, the question is, have they been acquired from the private individuals by the state? Two, at what value for each farm? meaning how much has been paid if they have already been acquired by the state. Or are these just claims over land? And fourthly, what is the method of acquiring these farms? Is it through restitution or is it through land uh, redistribution? Uh, The other different question, which is related to land, especially in the light of overlapping claims. My experience in Limpopo, as I've been doing some work there, is that, and what I've observed, Honorable Chair, is that Limpopo, especially Sikukuni region, is mineral resource rich. There are mines there for all sorts of minerals. The land claims are really not on the farms or to work them on which these uh, farms are situated. Now, the question to the department is, have they established the, the real motive or the real interest of the claimants? Is it really about land for agricultural and, and farming purposes? Or is it about having access established or mines that have not yet been started with exploration and, and mining? That question is important to understand the nature of the overlapping claims. And it would be important and it would be in the interest of any inquiry over these pieces that we know exactly why people are claiming those pieces of land or of the farms uh, and for what use do they want to have access over, over the farms. Thank you so much, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Dr. Matthias. Honorable Kaba. Uh, no, thank you, Chair. I've got mm, no issue at the moment. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Honorable Mbobama is now uh, uh, submitted an apology. Akbara Briet. Thank you, Forsyter. Chairperson, I was, I share my colleagues. A concern. Um, I think Honorable Slabe mentioned um, the gazetting, and I would like to further that, but I would like to support Honorable Stone when she says that I think we need to get to a stage where, where we have a database of sorts, where we can actually see, you know, Afghandel and Bruxelles and actually have a list um, of, of all of these things. Jefferson, in terms of the gazetting, um, a lot of the claimants um, or a lot of the claims are in process. 
And what is outstanding is um, to be gazetted, the gazetting is. I would like to find out the specific details in in what does that gazetting entail? Does that mean that we, we are at the stage where it can be gazetted and the claim can be settled? Or is it where it can be gazetted um, in terms of uh, for if somebody wants to object and then actually, you know, take the claim further? And um, what is that? What is the timeline in terms of the gazetting? Is there certain deadlines that the department itself meets um, or, or the commission itself meets to ensure that we do not, you know, the only step waiting is gazetting and it takes a year or two or three um, in terms of that. Um, and then, Chairperson, my fear is if we have a lot of the, you know, if, if we have a lot of these in, in this final stage and not getting to, to the claimants, um, and I think I think it was Honorable Marshall maybe that said, um, where are we in terms of those that um, we're settling with the old order claims, now we have the new order claims, what then happens if there is then a um, conflict of interest in, in terms of that? Chairperson, and, and, and yeah, maybe just a final word is, is I'm quite worried about the claims. If this is the state that our old order claims are in, um, if we are not seeing title deeds going to our people, um, then I done for the for the new order claims, Chairperson, but that's just my opinion. Thank Honorable Ndabezita, have you been able to join? Honorable Marshall. Uh, thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, firstly, let, let me uh, take this opportunity and appreciate the report as presented by the department, uh, uh, especially of Limpopo province. Um, but the issue of Mr. Matebe is a worrying factor in my mind that we might be having our people who are suffering out there without, uh, you know, uh, getting assistance. But we must also understand and get, uh, get information on how did Matebe get the land in the first place. For him to come and claim, how did he be given this land? Who gave him the land? The department must be able to tell us who are doing those things, giving people land without the, uh, them having the rights to occupy that land. But my, my Chairperson, my questions will be as follows. How long does it take, the, uh, does it take to finalize the research on land claim. How long does it take? I didn't, maybe I did not uh, listen when they were presented, but I, I just wanted to know how long. Does the department, second question is that, does the department have the capacity in doing the work? And then the, the other one is that, does the department have internal service providers who is helping them uh, as the department in doing the evaluation? Where the person will be that if yes, there is capacity, why is there, is it taking so long for them to finalize matters of 
of of, of the of matters on the issue of land uh, on the, in this regard. The last one, chairperson. I heard that most of the people they are losing their rights. What is the most problem that the department is coming across with, and how do they solve it? Because we are the government that says people must get their land. People must plow, people must, you know, produce. And the president recently presented that each and every municipality must be able to, uh, you know, then do invest, uh, investment. How do we do the investment when the issue of the land is not being, being addressed? We need to make sure that we as the department and we as the, the government, we provide the conducive environment for our people to be able to uh, attract those investors in our areas. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mama. Uh, honorable members, is there any other honorable member on the platform who have not recognized who wishes to pose a question? Dr. Masipa, are you sorted and back on the platform. Chair, I am back. Um, thank you, Chair, and uh, good uh, morning to colleagues and uh, the departments. Um, I'm sorry, Chair, I have really been struggling to follow the, the debate because I was, um, you know, off, on and off. Um, I have got really no question. I think my colleagues uh, covered me. I have just joined, you know, when the gentleman that was presenting, you know, was towards the, the end. Uh, but I'm covered. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Datema Sipa. Thank you, Honorable Members, for your questions of clarity. Maybe I can just add one or two on my end, particularly on the Matebe case, which demonstrates a gap in law when it comes to communal land tenure law, which has to give effect to section 25, subsection 6 of the Constitution. Can the department in this regard uh, speed up the process? We do know, honorable members, during the ultra bill process, we were informed that the bill will be tabled soon. To date, we are still waiting on this. On the Mararo uh, claim, maybe a just a clarity-seeking question would be based on some claims which have been finalized whilst Mararo is still gazetted stage. What was the final award for the finalized claims? If it was restoration, of land, what does that mean for Mararo? On, um, in terms of all the claims which have been reported on today, question would be, are they all on state land? If not, what will be the total cost of settlement on the finalization of these claims? Thank you, Zul. We'll end over back to yourselves within Dade Chililo, as well as uh, Dade Maporto for responses. Thank you.
Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson and the Honorable Members for the comments. Uh, the my colleague from Restitution will deal with all the uh, questions and comments that relates to the land claims. Uh, on the Mateva matter, uh, I think Honorable Chairperson, you have uh, touched it, and and I think I agree with you uh, from our side in terms of the gap that you have identified in terms of the uh, of the law especially that deals with issues of, of tenure in communal areas, because uh, Mr. Matebe resides in a communal area, and uh, his residence is there with the other members that he was talking about. Obviously, there was a land claim on that land, which then was settled in terms of financial compensation, because the land could not be restored as it's a communal land, uh, sacred by uh, traditional communities. So I, I, I and, and then the claimants were given financial compensation. I agree with you. And I think the department, um, we, as promised previously, that we are busy with the communal land tenure bill and the consultations and, and then the national land summit, which will then uh, take us to a point where we will be able now to take the draft bill uh, for processing and, con and further consultation, and then also appraise the committee on the communal land tenure bill. Our legal development unit, Advocate Ramasala, is busy with the communal land tenure bill and, and also the policy related to that bill. So that will also help us to address similar cases like that one of Matem. Let me stop the chairperson on Matebe and allow um, my colleague, Mr. Mapoto, to address the issues that were raised by the committee members on the issues of land claims and the definitions on gazetting. Uh, I, won't, I won't go through the comments by each member, but I think we have noted all of those even addressed them. Thank you, chairperson. Uh, th thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mr. Nkosi. Uh, I want to start with the, the chair's question. Uh, I didn't hear the chair on the overall, the second question, I think, on the overall amount uh, spent, but what I could pick it up was that uh, the ones on Mararu, the ones that are finalized, uh, the individual claims, there was no land restoration. Uh, it was uh, financial compensation the one that we've uh, listed uh, with Mararo that are competing where they've lost rights. It's uh, we paid them money, the individual, it was not land restoration. Um, then I would go to Honorable Matlo. Uh, the question was, how long does it take uh, to complete research? <clears throat> now it does vary. Uh, we, we, we've got a rule three. Rule three is sort of a desktop prima facie research uh, that you may easily find in the archives and so on. It normally won't take about three weeks, but your rule five, which actually pinpoints where the actual people were removed, where you have to actually pinpoint which side of the farm, is it on the Western side or on the Northern side? It does take time. Uh, if you have to go through uh, mountains and rock terrain, 
I would put an average of uh, five months to complete a full Rule 5 research, which indicate clearly where they were removed in relation to the farm. Uh, the Rule 3 will basically endorses that people were removed around here, but Rule 5 actually pinpoints the location. So the Rule 3 will take quite uh, three weeks, but the Rule 5 will take an average of five months. Capacity, we, know, we, we, we will always need capacity, Honourable Member. Uh, capacity is something that uh, has, has evaded us for some time. Uh, but for, for now, because we are going towards the more complicated ones, uh, we are finalizing our research now on the 1998 claims. Uh, so we, we are confident that we will be able to finalize uh, the remaining ones. I think the commission had a very quite a tough time during the formative stages, but I think now uh, we should be able to finalize the research that is outstanding. Uh, in terms of service providers, uh, uh, we do want we do source them when we need, but uh, when there is no need, we don't need to source them. Uh, the issue of land, as uh, Honorable Matha has indicated, uh, I will defer that to Bonkikosiusulu to deal with the issue of land in general. Uh, I'll then go to uh, Honorable Matthias. Uh, the land that we are talking about on Barocco Bankwan, we have not yet acquired it. It's not yet acquired. Uh, as you see, it's a complex claim. Uh, we have researched the Barocco Bankwana in, in not at a go in one batch. They, 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 there was the first research report, there was a second research report, there was a third research report. So we had to we had to deal with it in that way in order to be able to address uh, the, 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 the magnitude of it. Uh, at what value? We have not yet acquired the land yet, so we don't know the value as yet. And most of the land is communal land. It's where communities stay or they've stayed before. Uh, uh, communities. Uh, when they were either removed through proclamations, stroke of a pen, or they were removed physically. Uh, and the restoration, when it happens, Honorable Matthias, it will happen through restitution because these communities lodged claims. So they will therefore have to be, the restoration, if it does happen, it will happen through restitution. Uh, uh, because uh, once you lodge a claim, then we have to process it. A claim is a claim, we have to uh, uh, process it. If it's not compliant, let's say that we found that uh, persons or communities never stayed there we, we, we regard it as non-compliant with the law. Uh, in other ways, we call it, we dismiss it, meaning then we are not processing it any further because we couldn't find any trace of dispossession on the land. That's how we deal with it. Uh, I'll then go to the, uh, the first uh, uh, batch of questions. Uh, what does Gazette mean? Uh, Gazette means it's a legal process. It's one of the business processes. Once the research report is approved, that is, we found out that uh, indeed you lost rights on the land, we gazette it. Gazette is a legal term, which means now people can object to it or people may know uh, what, it, what, 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 what is the process going forth. The gazette will say, so-and-so community has lodged a claim. Uh, uh, the gazette will run for 60 days. If there are any objections, people may then write objections to the cassette. It's a legal process. 
uh, before we start uh, processing the claim further in terms of verifying them and going to settlement. That's the that's what gazette means. So therefore, the ones that we gazetted uh, for Barocco Bankwane, for example, are the ones that uh, uh, we were, you know, because we couldn't pull up all of them at the same go. Uh, it's a process in uh, officials do gazette them, but then because there's a lot of counterclaims on Barocco Bankwane, uh, before we finalize the claim of Barogo Mangano, we have to gazette the others who are also competing land claimants uh, so that we also tell the world, uh, South Africa, that so-and-so has lodged a claim and uh, it has been found to be valid so that we can take all the claims, Barogo Mangwana, as well as the counterclaims to the process of finalization, which is basically a negotiated uh, settlement. We will call them, as I've indicated, say all of three you have lodged a claim, how do we resolve the claim? Normally, in my experience, Chair, there's never an agreement uh, in such cases. The matter will then have to be referred to court. Uh, that's the my answer on number one. On number two, uh, uh, the ones that have been gazetted, honorable uh, member, it doesn't mean that they've been restituted. No, it's a it's a it's a legal process. It's a it's a business process. It's a step in the finalization of the claim. It doesn't mean the land has been restored. Uh, those that could not qualify. Like, for example, I've indicated Petla, uh, one individual who we said it does not qualify, and the other Bapoto tribe. Uh, if they do not qualify, there's a process in the Act that uh, Section 62B of the Restitution uh, of Land Rights Act uh, of uh, 44 of 1994, 24 of 1994, which indicates that uh, we can then recommend to the minister. Uh, if there's a need for land for those people, even if they do not qualify, even if there's a land, we recommend to the minister for them to be identified as potential people who uh, can then be identified for land allocation outside of the restoration program. Uh, such process never really got to its ground uh, in the department as far as my knowledge uh, and uh, recollection is concerned, where uh, the issue of those who do not qualify are then uh, handed over to, for another process so that uh, land can be identified for them. So what we've been doing uh, in the last uh, years that I've been in, when we dismiss a claim in terms of restriction, that is the end of the matter. But there's a section in the Restriction Act which says those that do not qualify, uh, a recommendation can be made to the minister for them to be considered uh, in terms of other programs of government. The, the other one on term, in terms of proclamation, what does it mean? Uh, honorable uh, member, the proclamation basically means that in during the homeland system in Limpopo, uh, due to various decision-making processes that were followed, uh, an area uh, can be allocated jurisdiction to another chief. That's how they did. So, for example, uh, a village 60 kilometers uh, from where the uh, proclamation chief resides can be given to him in terms of jurisdiction. So you would find that uh, a community about 100 kilometers uh, is under the jurisdiction of a chief who stays about 60 or 80 kilometers from uh, where they stay. It was, a, it was a legal way of creating jurisdiction over communities. It's called a proclamation. And this proclamation, they change over time. You might find that one community has has got three chiefs who have got proclamation over them. 
Those proclamations still exist today. Those proclamations are giving us a challenge to restore land because they are still considered to be valid in the 1960s and the early and the late 70s because you find that some communities, because in the past arena, they could not uh, be in good terms with the previous uh, homeland system. Uh, jurisdiction over that area was given to another chief as opposed to the chief that normally resided there. So, so, so historically it creates problems because then uh, uh, due to our policy of not creating social uh, disruption and maintaining social cohesion, uh, normally we do not restore land which uh, has been proclaimed in favor of a chief uh, because it's, you might find that it's three or two or four generations, uh, uh, that proclamation uh, being there and so on. So we, we, could, we could not make headways of proclamation. So at the moment, it creates a problem, especially in a rural area like Kukune, where in most communities, uh, there were proclamations as the homeland system was changing hands and there were others who were favored by the previous homeland system and they were granted uh, multiple proclamations or proclamations on other people and so on. That issue, that challenge is still with us. Um, I, I will end there. And uh, Chair, if I've missed your question of the overall, overall amount that was spent, if I heard you well, uh, I will have to get the figures on that. I wouldn't have that uh, with me immediately. But uh, I hope that I've tried to answer and, uh, and uh, I would want to end there. Thank you very much. Any other further input, uh, Bowser? No, Chairperson, Honorable Chairperson, there are no further inputs except that if maybe the Chairperson allows us, we, uh, the Commission can also provide written um, uh, responses to some of the issues, including what my colleague has spoken about regarding the, the, the amounts and also the other questions that you, you you asked in terms of the actual figures on 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 the on the what is involved and also the questions that I think uh, Honorable Matthias uh, asked uh, in relation to the the matters that relates to the amounts of monies that are involved in the in the claims. Thanks, sir. No, uh, thank you uh, on your input. Uh, I have noted that uh, some of the questions were not responded to, and therefore uh, wanted to therefore ask that, uh, as you've alluded to sending written response, so we will request that you furnish the secretariat with written responses to uh, the questions that have been posed uh, by honorable members uh, by no later than uh, 12 o'clock on the 17th of December. But uh, let me also ascertain from you, honorable members, are there any follow-up questions or any other things you would want to note on uh, relating these presentations? Any hands? Honorable Kappel? No, thanks, Chair. 
I think my follow-up, which is one of the questions that I asked when I spoke about the gazetting that I don't want to assume I know, was related to the date to say the indication on the report is that gazetting was done in 2018. We are in 2021. And the presenter rightfully says it would be a legal process stipulating 60 days or something. Now, if by today they're still bringing a report that gazetting was done in 2018, where are we? Because clearly there's no report whether it was settled or what happened or land was handed over. So what takes it long that you bring 2021 a report that say gazetting was done in 2028 on 2018 and there's no further indication. Hence, I agree with, with honorable members that are saying this report lacks so much to be desired in many instances. Thank you, Honorable Tape. Any other honorable members who want to have a final input? If not, uh, honorable members, I would like to propose that uh, perhaps uh, in the uh, coming year, when uh, we are back in session and uh, look into uh, our work that we should schedule at least two, if not three meetings to receive regional offices reports about the outstanding pre-1998 land claims in the manner we have done. There are honorable members forestry claims, claims on national parks, military bases, across the country. We must get an update on these. And we need to also uh, push for the finalization of these claims, which will pave the way for the consideration of new order claims that the commission can't even touch at this moment. Uh, with that said, honorable members, let us uh, thank the officials of the department for the presentations that they have been able to put before the committee and request that uh, they uh, ensure that all the issues raised by honorable members are responded to in detail and sent to the secretariat by no later than 12 o'clock on the 17th of December, that being next week, uh, Friday. Honorable members, that uh, concludes the program of the day. Either than the consideration and adoption of outstanding minutes. I will therefore request now the Secretariat to flight the minutes uh, so that we can uh, get into that. Thank you. Mamkakaza Manyamza, please upload the presentation of the minutes. Thank you.
thank you. As before us, it is uh, the minutes of uh, Tuesday, the 30th of November, Page three. Page four. Honorable Tapia, I see your hand is up. Is that the old hand? Page five, page six, Page seven, page eight. Page nine. Thank you, honorable members. Can I have a mover for the adoption of uh, the minutes of uh, the 30th of uh, November, 2021? Honorable Stein. Chairperson, thank you. I propose that we adopt the minutes. Thank you, Honorable Stein. Moves for the adoption of the minutes of uh, the 30th of November 2021 as a true reflection of the meeting we held. Can we have a second, Honorable Members? Honorable Marshall. Uh, Chairperson, I second uh, uh, the, the move for the adoption of the minute of the 30th of November 2021. It's a true reflection. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Marshal. Uh, seconds the adoption of the minutes. Honorable members, any matters arising? Page one.
page two. Page three. Page four. Page five. Page six. Page seven. Page eight. Page nine. Thank you, honorable members. If there are no matters arising, uh, take it that the minutes of uh, the 30th of November 2021 have been truly adopted. That was the only set of minutes, honorable members, that uh, we had to adopt in concluding our work. We therefore want to take uh, this opportunity, honorable members, uh, to thank you all for having availed yourselves into this uh, session of our last in 2021. I want to wish you well during your constituency period and your holiday season. Spend it well with your loved ones get the much needed rest. It has been a very taxing year. Most of us have been totally worn out. Do utilize it to revive your body so that we can come back in 2022 and hit the ground running. We have identified a number of uh, issues that we would like to engage on and particularly carry out oversight on. I therefore uh, wish you all uh, well, uh, enjoy the holidays and particularly our staff, the secretariat, content advisors, sec uh, the researchers, as well as uh, logistics and communication. Please have a wonderful uh, holiday and stay safe 
both on the COVID pandemic that we are witnessing uh, numbers rise with the fourth wave uh, looming, but uh, those that will be traveling home to be with your loved ones, please ensure that you stay safe on our roads during this period. It can get very hectic on our roads and we wish you a safe journeys and that you may return in one piece. Thank you, honorable members. Uh, the meeting stands adjourned. Thank you, Chairperson. Same to you and your family. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye, colleagues. <laughs> no. Thank you, Chair. Bye, colleagues. Primary goal must never lose sight of our primary goal. I'm not in this